Welcome back to Pod TST. I'm Kenneth Arthur, and you're listening to a Rams podcast coming out right after the game as the Los Angeles Rams are back in the divisional round of the playoffs. And that's because they have beaten the Seattle Seahawks 30 to 20. It was easy. It was so easy. Relatively speaking to the fact that the Rams practically were playing without a quarterback and they still put 30 on the Seahawks, held them to 20, and it didn't even feel like Seattle could have possibly ever scored 20 if it wasn't for the fact that the Rams had pulled away to such a high degree. The Rams making plays on defense, making plays on special teams, Cam Akers making plays, Robert Woods making plays, Cooper Cup making plays. Not all good news for the Rams today, but we will get to that later. Let's just start talking about what the good news is. It's that the Rams are victorious, and it feels good to see the Rams come out ahead and win a playoff game in this year, you know, the fact that they had fallen short last season, that they had come so close to getting their chance at redemption in the playoffs, and then they fell just shy. And that the fact that so much of last season's falling shy has been uh, put on the foot of Greg Zerline against the Seattle Seahawks, a special team play against the Seattle Seahawks. And now the Rams all of that was working against them in the 2020 offseason, everything. They didn't have enough money to spend. They didn't have a first-round draft pick. They had to get rid of Brandon Cooks and Todd Gurley and didn't even save any money on Brandon Cooks. And the fact that they didn't even really get a player to replace Brandon Cooks and they did draft Van Jefferson, but they didn't find that third weapon in the passing offense. But despite it all, are in the second round of the playoffs now. The fact that they just had to fix the offensive line without changing anybody on the offensive line. Kudos again to Aaron Cromer, the offensive line coach. Not enough credit, I think. Given this season to Aaron Cromer, where's all the Aaron Cromer buzz for head coaching interviews? Because the Rams offensive line was a mess in last season in 2019, and it was the MVP in some ways of the 2020 season, and they did it without any changes. Andrew Whitworth returning to the field on Saturday after missing seven games with a torn MCL, the 39-year-old returned to help the Rams win a playoff game. He gets to win another playoff game in his career, and it gets to come against the Seattle Seahawks. So there's Andrew Whitworth as the left tackle returning to the field, and the Rams really won in that area of the field all day long, beating up the defensive line for the Rams, beating up the Seahawks offensive line, forcing penalties on the Seahawks offensive line, and sacking Russell Wilson five times, including a couple by Aaron Donald, a couple by Leonard Floyd. One, uh, you know, getting in there as well was Morgan Fox, who I think is going to be 
one of the biggest losses in free agency potentially if or maybe one of the you know the fact that you can talk about the players again the rams went into last season this particular offseason and i've been with you this whole year so no matter what you think about me i've been with you here with the rams all year long i know how difficult it seemed for them to overcome to improve with what was perceived as less the fact that it was like well the rams are going to lose Corey littleton in free agency and that hasn't mattered and Corey littleton hasn't played well without the rams and the fact that they lost dante fowler in free agency people thought that would matter and dante fowler didn't perform with the falcons and the rams got leonard floyd instead and he had two sacks this week and he had seven sacks of Russell Wilson this season. Leonard Floyd sacked Russell Wilson seven times in three games. Russell Wilson. Leonard Floyd needs to send Russell Wilson some presents this year when he gets paid because, or, you know, maybe Pete Carroll, maybe the Seahawks offensive line. Leonard Floyd owes a lot maybe to them because seven sacks on Russell Wilson. So the Rams get that. They get to feel that sort of the fact that they fired Wade Phillips, that they were going to bring in a new defensive coordinator and Brandon Staley, and then they get the number one defense. The fact that they didn't, yeah, they didn't have a first round pick. And a lot of people criticized them for drafting Cam Akers with their first pick in the draft in the second round and selecting Cam Akers, who has 28 carries for 131 yards and a touchdown and two catches for 45 yards. Of course, really just 44-yard catch. So one of those, really just talking about he had a 44-yard catch, but he has 176 total yards, a rookie franchise record. I'm not sure where it stands in the all-time NFL records, but I am sure that it's one of the highest ever because – I know these things relatively well. 176 total yards is a ton for a running back, and that's what Cam Akers had. He, there were times I was worried about Cam Akers when they had started the game. I think we had seen that with John Wolford out there, and, and John Wolford starts the game. I mean, if you're, I'm, I've said so much already, and I feel like I've only said this to you, assuming you've, of course, you've watched the game, but I don't know if you haven't. Hey, it was a, it was a great game for the Rams. You should watch it. But the Rams start off, and John Wolford goes three of six for 29 yards. And I, I don't know what Cam Akers' numbers were at that point, but as I had written this week on Turf Show Times, I was worried that. Cam Akers may not be able to get going in a John Wolford offense. Now, we saw in the beginning of the game that John Wolford was under center seemingly a lot more often this week than he was last week against the Arizona Cardinals. They did go empty a couple of times, but he wasn't out there for very long. But there was a lot more under centers type of stuff going. And then when Jared Goff came in because John Wolford was injured, on a hit by Jamal Adams to the head and neck area. Uh, probably should have been a penalty, and that was a penalty that was picked up. But Wolford exited the game, and when Jared Goff came in, I was concerned that Cam Akers was going to get stuffed because the Seahawks wouldn't respect John uh, Jared Goff as a passer. And I think that was sort of then I started seeing that maybe that was sort of happening. 
but then Cam Akers and I think he was feeling much, much more comfortable back with Jared Goff as opposed to John Wolford. Cam Akers had a bad game last week, and he here comes Jared Goff. And I felt that there was still a possibility that the offense, even if Jared Goff couldn't throw, would be better off with him because so many other players on the offense depend on and rely upon and have trust with Jared Goff and, and like the way that the offense was set up and, and supposed to go with him as the quarterback. And we saw that Jared Goff could not throw the ball very well on Saturday. His thumb did not look good. There were times this week where I thought maybe everyone is just overrating how bad his thumb is and how bad it, you know, because it's like surgery is a very blanket term. I mean, surgery is arthroscopic surgery, and then there's taking out your whole stomach. I don't know if you've ever had stomach removal surgery. I had it. Uh, they took out the entire stomach uh, because I just got too full from Thanksgiving. But I know that there. I felt like, okay, maybe everyone's just overrating how bad the surgery was. Maybe it was just a tiny little cut and whatever. No, that thumb looked terrible. I can't. He was ridiculous. It was. It was a. It was that what I don't want to see when I look at someone's post-surgery scars. But I was so he was out there and he wasn't throwing the ball very well. But then he did manage to complete a few passes. You know, the 44 yarder to Cooper Cup was not a good throw. It was a terrible throw. One of the ugliest 44 yard completions, but it worked. And there were a couple throws later in the game where it's like, okay, this is more in line with what you would hope and expect from Jared Goff at his finest, uh, but, you know, Goff finishes 9 of 19 for 155 yards and a touchdown, gets sacked two times, and those even came immediately. Uh, he was sacked right off the bat there. He finished okay, you know, but we knew that he wasn't at 100%, but I still felt maybe the offense itself would be better with Goff, not at 100% as opposed to Wolford at 100%. McVay starts Wolford. Who knows what his actual plan was going to be, if there was any sort of plan that didn't involve John Wolford at, down the line, but it ended up being, well, you got to go with Jared Goff now. They didn't have Blake Bortles available. It was just going to be Jared Goff, which isn't really that crazy. There were no times until last week or the week before that there was ever even, ever, any, ever even any danger of Jared Goff leaving a game. He ha had a broken thumb, but it was a low probability that he was going to suffer an injury that takes him out of that game. They knew the extent of the thumb injury. So I think obviously they felt comfortable going into the game that if Jared Goff was called upon, they weren't going to need to go to the third quarterback, but you never know, obviously, but it, that was not an issue. And Jared Goff did admirably, but I think what was more impressive or at least more to the liking of the Rams was the fact that Cam Akers was able to get going in this one. And he's really been a dominant player since November when Sean McVay, who knows what Cam Akers needed to do in the first half of the season to put Sean McVay in a position to like, to start him, to give him all these snaps. And it didn't happen until it seemed he was McVay was forced. I don't know why he had to be forced. like, you would think that there's things being shown or seen in practice that say, hey, look, I know that uh, Cam Akers is not on the first team. He's not getting those first team reps. Uh, but isn't there – If wouldn't you have thought that Cam Akers with all the second team reps would have been 
just destroying it was because he's not playing behind the same offensive line. You know, he's not playing behind with the same quarterback. He's not playing. All those second team reps are so much different than first team reps. And, and you can't just share all the first team reps between Henderson and Akers. But you would even think then when they did share the first team reps in practice, was Akers not this dynamic at that time? And what could it have meant for the Rams early in the season and in some of those games that they lost if they had been utilizing Akers at a higher degree? Because at this point, ever since he's become that number one option, absent when he got injured, absent when John Wolford was a starter, he's been every bit as exciting as what you could have hoped for at this point from Todd Gurley had Todd Gurley not been injured. Maybe not as a receiver, but then even then, I mean, because we've seen Cam Akers come up with receiving plays. We don't know, again, we don't know why he hasn't had more receiving targets that just may not be part of the repertoire that Sean McVay wants to utilize now, but we saw that happen for Todd Gurley at a certain point. Is it something that's going to happen for Cam Akers at any point? But as a runner, the fact that the Rams could run and win the game on the ground is such a testament obviously to their offensive line such a testament to the way that they just kept winning that area of the field on Saturday against Seattle against Jaron Reed and Carlos Dunlap and uh, Jamal Adams I mean there was it was such a quiet game for so many of Seattle's defensive linemen and pass rushers and such a great performance you know Andrew Whitworth returns David Edwards, the left guard, he was limited in practice all week, questionable to start. He started, and then he exited the game, so David Edwards was out, and Bobby Evans came in, not Joseph Nopun, but uh, Bobby Evans came into the game. And I don't have any direct personal thing to say about the performance of Bobby Evans, but it seemed as though everybody on the Rams' offensive line did a pretty good job, which you would just say a good team effort. And the defensive line for L.A. just dominated Seattle's offensive line throughout the game. A lot of holding penalties, holding penalties at at bad times for the Seattle Seahawks. They sacked Russell Wilson five times, as I said. You know, Morgan Fox, free agent, Leonard Floyd, free agent. It's going to be another whatever, but we can't look ahead too far to the offseason. Just the fact that last offseason, as I said, you know, following the Rams every single day, for the last 365 days plus, you know, it's been quite a journey to get from where we all were at the end of last season to where we are today. And the Rams not just advancing to the next round of the playoffs, but doing so where they had just lost the division two weeks ago. And that's why I just... Don't want, you know, I think about it, just this roller coaster that people put themselves in during games, the emotional roller coaster, which I, I suppose is what is exciting for so many NFL fans is to say, well, if something bad happens for my team, I'm, I'm going to be upset. And if something good happens, I'm going to be happy. And it's bad, happy, you know, it's, it's upset, happy, mad, happy, mad, happy, mad, happy, mad, 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 happy, happy, you know, when you go Oh, that team's got momentum. It's happy, 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 happy. And, uh, you know, contradicted by mad, 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 mad. But what ultimately you want is however the end result is, and the end result today being happy. Well, 
that's the same way during a season, you know, he's just, that's a microcosm for the whole season, which is when the Rams lose to the jets and then lose to the Seahawks, it's mad, 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 mad. But whether the Rams had won the division or lost the division, they still would be going on the road, most likely to one of these teams here in the uh, divisional round. The only difference being uh, that they, uh, it seems as though that they will be playing against the Packers instead of the Saints, and that all depends on the outcome of the Chicago Bears, or excuse me, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Washington football team, or the Tampa Bay Bucca Bears. But it's up to the Tampa Bay Bucks, and and that'll be interesting. Oh, excuse, yeah. So what I mean to say is that it is up to the Bears and the Saints. If the Bears do somehow upset the Saints, then the Rams will be playing the winner of the Tampa Bay Bucca Bears and the Washington Football Team. That's the clear way of saying uh, the right answer. I think. I hope. But uh, thank you for listening to Pod TST. Uh, one crazy guy talking into a microphone and hoping that someone else listens to it through headphones, which is like the butt of the microphone headphone relationship. And I don't, you know, I'm not judging. I've got uh, headphones on my head right now. Am I wrong about this? I guess it's more like the ears of the relationship. But speaking of ears, let's uh, use them to listen to me talk about the Rams and their next game. If it is against the Green Bay Packers, which most people would assume that it is going to be against, that is a difficult matchup for anybody going to Green Bay, playing the probable MVP and Aaron Rodgers. There was that time midway through the season, though, where Russell Wilson was being called the MVP of the season and people were were not even questioning it. It was everybody was seemed to be talking very much about how all the touchdowns for Wilson and the Seahawks was uh, what made him the MVP. And yet it was nothing near by the end of the year, the season that Aaron Rodgers has had 48 touchdowns, five interceptions, I think an NFL record 121.5 passer rating, QBR of 84.4. It's just so smooth and easy running there for uh, Matt LaFleur. I was going to say Sean McVay's disciple of sorts. You know, they worked together, of course, offensive coordinator for the Rams, uh, formerly Matt LaFleur now head coach of the Green Bay Packers. So there's going to be that familiarity between LaFleur and McVay, assuming, of course, that this is their matchup. And if it is not their matchup, by the way, if we're talking about the Rams, if the Bears upset, so there, you know, if you want some reason to root for a team in a game, if the Bears upset the Saints, it's not impossible. It's not that crazy, but I, and, you know, no, nobody expects it, but nobody expected the Jets to beat the Rams, you know? And by the way, just shake that off. Give it, uh, give that away. Give that pain and anxiety of losing to the Jets when they were winless away because the Rams are one of the final four teams in the NFC 
and that's probably where they could have been or would have been if they had won the division. So they didn't win it, but they, here, here we go. The Rams are alive, and if the Chicago Bears upset the Saints, if, the, if that happens, then you could be talking about the Rams going to Tampa Bay where they won this season. They already went to Tampa Bay and beat the Buccaneers. So we're no, we know that they're capable of that. They have confidence in doing that. It was most, I don't remember, I don't know betting and spreads and all that stuff, but it was most likely an upset at the time then. So we know that the, the Rams can do that. And that we also have to take into consideration uh, these injuries and whether or not it will be continuing through to next season or excuse me, the next game. But for now, just looking at that matchup, then if they do, or they could go to Washington, if you imagine if the Rams go to face, and I'm just talking about things where if you're listening to this by now, probably there's been a winner determined even between the Bucks and the Washington football team. As I record this, the Buccaneers do lead with 251 left in the first quarter. It's 9-0 Tampa Bay just scoring on a touchdown pass from Tom Brady to Antonio Brown with a extra point blocked. And that's what exactly what you want to hear on a podcast recording about the Rams is a live update that is far outdated from the Bucks. But I did want to just try and look for a any sort of updates on Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald, and I'm not coming away with anything yet as I record this, but I wanted to see if I could sneak that into the podcast while it's still happening. You know what I'm saying? The podcast while this is still happening, but it doesn't look like I'm going to be able to do that. However, looking at most likely a matchup against the Green Bay Packers, they were undefeated at home this season. They didn't play the Rams this season. And we do know that LaFleur McVay do have a relationship. However, they didn't play the Rams last season either. So it doesn't look like McVay and LaFleur have faced off. I wouldn't I don't believe that the uh, Rams and Titans played in 2018 when LaFleur was the offensive coordinator. No, that was not the case either then. So this will be the first time of McVay versus LaFleur, but I'm sure that uh, McVay looks forward to that matchup should it happen and getting an opportunity to uh, take out your disciple. You know, that's one of the things that everything everybody dreams of. That's why you become a mentor. That's why you become a leader, so that one day you can see those below you rise up and then cut them down. That's one of the main reasons that you become a prince or a king or a czar. You want to lead a lot of great people, see them get better, see them want to challenge you, and then cut them down. So that's what McVeigh is going to try and prove to LaFleur, who's never dealt with the, uh, you know, he's never been to the Super Bowl. So, you know, McVeigh is going to show him what it's like. Unless, of course, they go to the Washington football team uh, or, you know, if, or maybe Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
I'm just so excited to see that the Rams were able to get to this point and do so in the face of so much doubt and adversity and so many reasons not to win this game today. If that's because of the fact that Aaron Donald has been so dominant in this matchup and was dominant on Saturday and there was still a lot of game left when he left with an injury. And that's the really unfortunate part. But if the only thing that's going to keep Aaron Donald from playing next week is a crap load of pain, then I expect him to play through all of that pain. If it's something else, then of course, unfortunately, then maybe he will not be playing with with Aaron Donald. But the fact that Aaron Donald goes out of this one and the Rams defense still holds. I mean, they did give up a touchdown there afterwards, but it was still holding and they, they got just so dominant with, with even with Morgan Fox, Sebastian Joseph Day, Michael Brockers, all of these guys who have put in so much time in the season and, and so many things that were working against the Rams this season and they still come away with it. Uh, the fact that we have Cooper Cup, you know, hopefully his injury isn't as serious as they, they look when it's a non-contact knee injury and the, the way that that always sounds. It's it's too early for me to, to say anything there, but if Cooper Cup is out, we do know that Cooper Cup uh, missed the 2018 playoffs as well, and the Rams did manage to get to the Super Bowl without Cooper Cup that season. It's not something that's ideal. They played with him last week, and if he's hurt now, that, that's a huge loss, but it is it's it is what it is, and so we'll see if it's Cooper Cup has that injury. Robert Woods, four catches, 48 yards, and that touchdown, another big game. Again, I, I, again Cam Akers, just a very – solid dominant you know just a very solid performance i mean he's a rookie he's only a rookie and i know a lot of people discredit what players bring to the running back position and, and treat it as though you're just a machine and and you have this amount of power to this particular machine you have this amount of skills this particular machine can do and that'll never get better that'll only ever get worse but that is not what a running back is to me you can learn how to have make better decisions you can learn how to uh, make certain cuts and and have certain vision and you can just learn the playbook better and we've seen derrick henry grow as a running back we've seen dalvin cook grow as a running back and if cam Akers can be this good at this stage of his career how good could he be in a couple of years how good could he be next week um it, that's that's what's so exciting about cam Akers and the fact that the rams did use their first pick on a running back and were criticized for it obviously going from todd Gurley, who showed that he has not improved with the Atlanta Falcons this year to Cam Akers at this point of the season. If they don't have Cam Akers, uh, it's, I mean, what, where would the Rams be right now if they did not draft Cam Akers? I don't think that they would have been in the playoffs. So let alone winning this playoff game, and Cam Akers made a huge difference and has made a huge difference so far throughout the season. Their season's not over. So that decision, I think, has paid off. 
And they also made that great pick in the sixth round with Jordan Fuller. We haven't said his name many times here in the second half of the year. He, he made so many plays in the beginning of the season to, you know, to, he was getting generating all this buzz and then he was making plays in the games and helping the Rams win. And here he goes with seven tackles, which did lead the team as well as Troy readers, seven tackles. Micah Kaiser returned and had that fumble recovery that was fumbled. Uh, that was that forced fumble by Samson Ebucom of DJ Reed on the punt return. So we even saw Micah Kaiser return and make a play. They saw four tackles from Ashawn Robinson, another defensive lineman worth shouting out. Ashawn Robinson, John Johnson had that huge hit on DK Metcalf. You know, John Johnson's going to be another free agent that you know it could be a big loss. And who are the Rams going to prioritize? But they they managed to do a lot of the right things in the off season last year. And I think that's been shown that it has paid off in, in, in so many ways, Matt Gay, three for three on field goals, three for three for extra points. I don't know how this guy or how these guys become free agents that aren't on teams, given how many teams have bad kickers, how are kickers so hard to evaluate? You know, this thing is that people they're wrong about how running backs are plug and play and they're wrong. It's, it would be like saying that kickers are just so easy to evaluate that you could just have, if there was any good kicker available, then why was he, why would he not be employed immediately with like an ironclad four year deal? But kickers are so volatile and they're so unpredictable. And Matt Gay was the Rams third option this season after the season started, like the fifth option overall, if you're including McGinnis and Hajralahu. So a lot of things, like it's like, again, so many things could have gone wrong for the Rams this season. And they managed to get to this point and get a W and they did it in Seattle against the Seahawks and won the NFC West in the only way that matters, which is that they are in the divisional round of the playoffs, the next round of the playoffs and nobody else from the NFC West is that's it for this episode of pod TST. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll be back next week with another instant reaction because the Rams are still alive for another playoff game.